You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Hey guys, and it's good to be back with you this morning. This is our last week doing this format online. Uh, we've uh, made it through this season. And next week, we get to meet in person at the school, and we are just pumped up about that. That's just something that we've been praying about and we've been waiting for, and uh, we're we're going to the next season. So uh, we're excited about that. Uh, We want to finish up this series, The Time Is Now. We've been discussing Nehemiah and how God placed a burden in his life and how God places a burden in our lives and on our hearts. And we, we looked at how we have to realize that we have a burden, that we rely on God through prayer with that, and then we respond in action. And then we looked at what the blueprint was for that action and how we continuously had to seek God diligently, uh, that we had to clearly define the vision, that we had to plan carefully, and then we inspire other people to join the cause. And then we kind of transition, right? So we're doing the work. And last week we talked about discouragement and how that discouragement could keep us from completing the work that God's called us to do. So uh, we we talked about that last week and Pastor Andrew gave you some uh, just real life examples of how he was, uh, how he had dealt with that kind of stuff. And um, man, it was just, it was a good time to just hear his heart and his personal experiences. And this week, as you can see, Pastor Daniel's with us. So we're going to just keep going on how the enemy will try to stop you from doing the work of God. And that's what we're going to talk about today, but we're going to move from discouragement to distractions. So that's that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll be in Nehemiah chapter 6. And again, I just, my heart for you is that you truly understand what it is God has placed in your life. And that you have at least started to pray about it. Uh, That you've at least started to seek God. Remember, Nehemiah prayed for four months before he actually stepped out and started doing stuff because he wanted to bathe it in prayer. And we see that through the book of Nehemiah, how he constantly just prayed. Um, And he was walking in the will of God. So my hope and my prayer for you is that You've at least let the burden in and you've begun praying about it. Um, and when you start doing the work, you're going to face discouragement and you're going to face distractions. And if you're doing the work now and you haven't faced those yet, then they're yeah, coming. It's coming. Uh, so let's jump in. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Now when Sambalot and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, Although up to that time, I had not set up the doors and the gates. Let me stop right there for a minute. So they were pretty much done with the wall besides the, the doors at this point. So I want you to understand this. The closer you get to doing what God wants done, the harder your enemy will fight to stop you. That's right. Let me read that one more time. The closer you get to doing what God wants done, the harder your enemy will fight to stop you. Uh, and this is, this is how your enemy is going to fight. I'm going to jump straight into it. And your enemy's strategy is this. Number one, your enemy will try to distract you. Uh, verse two, if we continue reading, 
says, Sambalot and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come and let us meet together at Hecophirim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. Listen, if anybody ever asked you to do anything in a place called Ono, I would not go. Don't go to Ono. Uh, so, listen, here's the deal. Oh, no, I went to Ono. Oh, yeah, man. Little distractions in our life, what we would think are little distractions, become the big distractions. So here's the deal. Nehemiah's working. He's almost done. And they send to him and say, hey, come let us meet together. So get off the wall, stop doing what you're doing, and let's meet. And we're going to see his response in a minute, but I kind of want to ask you a question here sure. about that. Can you explain how the little distractions become the big distractions? Yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, I think a couple points to clarify real quick would help us all uh, as we move forward. But what is a distraction? And really, it, that's when we're taking something of greater significance and we're shifting our focus from that to something that's much less important. That's a distraction, essentially. Yeah, that's I think good. we can agree on that. That's right. Uh, and then I think we need to clarify what is the thing of great importance. And that should be obvious in the context of this conversation as our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's right. the most important thing. Um, and, and so this is not to say that there aren't other things and responsibilities that we have to handle in life, but it's so easy for us to get caught up in those things and forget what's most important. And so I like to think of like That's Martha right. in the book of, of Luke, right? Jesus was in her house and he's teaching people and she's running around doing important stuff and taking care of people and making sure they're comfortable. And Jesus is like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you need to be at my feet. You need to be worried about this relationship first. That stuff can wait. That's right. And so it's easy sometimes to let little distractions like that um, kind of get in the way of our, our relationship. But sometimes even worse, I think that little distractions become big distractions when they're left unchecked. And I honestly, I don't like uh, the words big distractions because I don't think it is enough significance to the magnitude of the problem. Because big distractions, uh, when they're not important things, they really kind of become idols. Yeah, right? It's idolatry. For sure. We're allowing things like our careers, our hobbies, uh, other relationships, and honestly, sin to take the place uh, of God in our lives. That's right. And we just we have to be careful of that. So that honestly is how little distractions, in my opinion, become the big distractions and ultimately idolatry and tears down our relationship with God. And we got to be mindful and watchful of that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so we all have busy lives. Um, and, man, it's so easy, even if it's something small to us, it's so easy to just continue to do that and to let that become a distraction to where it becomes something that we put above God and above what God has called us to do. Uh, so what's our response to this? So our response to this, and we're going to see this in Nehemiah uh, chapter 6, verse 3, but it says this. Uh, let's go ahead and read verse 3 before I tell you our response. It says, And I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why would the work stop while I leave and come down to you? So here's our response. I'm not coming down. That's right. We have to make it a point in our lives to say, I'm doing what God's called me to do, and I'm not coming down. I'm not stopping. I'm not getting off the wall. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going to continue to push and do what God has called me to do. Now, whatever that looks like for you, whatever your work is, maybe... Maybe your burden and your work for God is to raise godly leaders, to raise other leaders. And you have to say, you know what, no matter what comes up, no matter what distractions I have, I'm not coming down. Or maybe you have a goal to get out of debt in the next X number of years. 
And that's something that God has placed on your life. That's a burden because once you get out of debt, you can begin to bless and to give more and more. And you have, man, there's tons of distractions with getting out of debt. Uh, So listen, you have to make it a point to say, I'm not coming down. So here's the deal. Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. (laughs) Amen. Because we can all say yes to a lot of stuff. We can all do a lot of stuff. And it may not even be bad. It could be something good and productive. Absolutely. But it can still be the wrong thing to do because God has called us to do something else. I think this happens a lot in the life of the church, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Every time someone needs a volunteer, you get that one person who works in 15 different ministries. Yeah. And they can't even figure out how to draw air anymore. That's right. So They're just always, yes, 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 yes. So just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Absolutely. Uh, so we know what that means, but what's it mean to you? And why do you think it's so important that we we draw boundaries and say, just because I can doesn't mean that I should? Whew. I feel like this this question was uh, custom-tailored to me because uh, I, I constantly am wrestling with this type of stuff. So for me, it means two things. The first one, um, and I'm, I'm going to look right at you and tell you, I, I think that we have all forgotten how to say a very important word. Um, It's a word. It's also a complete sentence. It begins with an N and it ends with an O. And the word is no. Yeah. We don't know how to say it to people that we love. We don't know how to say it to our friends. We don't know how to say it to our bosses or our coworkers or even our kids. That's right. But our kids know how to say it to us. They do know how to say it to (laughs) y'all. I'm not in that boat yet, but I'm sure uh, soon soon enough I'll I'll have one saying no to me a lot. (laughs) And so if we look at Nehemiah, the response is accurate. God has given him something of great significance to That's do, right. something way more important. And he's got these people that have showed up, and all they want to do is distract them. They just want to pull them off the wall yep. to keep him from doing what God has has told them to do. That's right. Right? And so Nehemiah does something that we don't know how to do sometimes. He says, no, nah, not coming down. <laughs> yeah, I'm not right. coming down. And you know what does that look like in our lives? Well, do you have to respond to the Facebook post? I'm just saying. like, You know it's going to stress you out. Just say no. Yeah. Look away from it. Do you have to do that thing that robs away that time with your spouse, with God? Learn to say no. That's like, right. Do you need to really take on another project and you're already struggling to keep your head above water? It's okay to say no. So if you don't Amen. hear it from anybody else today except for us too, it's okay to say no, especially right. if it's about the thing that God's given you. Amen. The second thing I would say, and it just goes like right in line with this, is we bite off more than we can chew. I know I do, right? Yep. Yep, um, yep. I'm in the National Guard, I'm in ministry as a pastor, and I work a full-time job. And now I'm talking about starting a family. I have no idea how I'm going to do all those things. Yeah. I just trust that God's going to pull me through it, and one day you know, you know, things will end. I'll retire out of the military and, and at least be able to breathe a little bit more. Um, but when we do this, when we bite off more than we can chew, which is just an idiom for uh, taking on more than we can handle, it's too many responsibilities, it robs us of our peace. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you how many times I lay down at night and I'm still calculating, analyzing today's events, right? And I'm planning tomorrow. That's right. And that's not biblical. Like, that's not what God wants for us. If we look at Psalm 127 and verse 2, the Bible says, it is in vain that you rise up early and go to late rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Wait a minute. So (laughs) the Bible tells me I don't have to get up early. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think what we're really getting at here is for that person that's burning the, you know, the candle on both ends. Yeah. So you're probably still going to need to show up at work tomorrow early. Um, But yeah, God wants us to have rest, right? Amen. He absolutely wants us to have rest. So here's the thing. If God's given you something to do, focus on that, do it well, and do it in his strength. 
Man, that's awesome. That's right. So the first way the enemy will will try to get you is he will try to distract you. Um, and our response must be, I'm not coming down. I'm just not doing it. I know God's called me to do this. These distractions, I'm pushing them away and I'm not coming down. Number two is this, your enemy will try to discredit you. Um, and the, the first way is by rumors. And if we jump down to verse five, chapter six, it says, in the same way, Sambalot for the fifth time sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. And it was written, it is reported among the nations. And Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel. That is why you are building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. Verse 7. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. And now the king will hear of these reports. So now come and let us take counsel together. So here's the deal. These guys couldn't distract them. They couldn't get them off the wall. So now they try to spread rumors about them. Discredit them. That's right. And say... Hey, you know what? You're trying to rebel. You're trying to create this new thing, this new, uh, this new club or whatever. And you're going to take over. You're trying to overthrow the king. And this is not at all what Nehemiah was doing. And I'm going to be honest with you. When you begin to do what God's called you to do, the closer you get to finishing, man, these rumors are going to get heavier and heavier and heavier because you're dealing with people, first of all, that don't understand what God's calling you to do. And number two is they don't want you to succeed. Nope. And, the, and that's sad, but we live in a world where other people don't want you to succeed. So they're going to do what they can do to discredit you. And rumors is one of those. Here's the deal. You can't worry about what other people say. You have to worry or focus on what God has called you to do. That's right. So how can rumors and detractors derail you from doing what God has called you to do? There's one thing we can be certain of in this life, um, two, two things. We know that God loves us. Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross. Amen. Uh, so I don't want to, of course, forget that. Uh, but the second thing is this, that the devil will go to great lengths to convince us of something that's not true. That's Whether right. that's distorting the word of God, like he did with Jesus in the desert, uh, whether that's to convince you that you're not actually saved, that God doesn't love you, that you're not redeemed, that all hope is lost, that your faith is futile, that you can't trust the Word of God, you name it, right? And if we fall for this, what happens? We lose our focus, right? We're right, right back to where we were. And then the enemy begins to, to build these strongholds in our lives. And what do we do sometimes? We get trapped in that, mm -hmm. and, and we build up residence there. And we we convince ourselves that and we now have to live here because we we've— Bought into the lie. Yeah. Right? And so here's, I want you to hear something today. If any of that is true for you, let me first tell you it's not truth, right? Those strongholds are built on nothing but foundations of lies, and they crumble at the truth that is in Jesus Christ and found in the Word of God. That's right. And Amen. honestly, just to say that doesn't even do enough justice for the absolute truth and the love and, and extent that Jesus went yeah. to, to, to pour his blood out for our That's sins, right? right? Um, so this is what we have to do. We have to remember who God says we are, right? One of my favorite movies lately, it's a Christian flick. I know some people think they're cheesy. I think they've gotten a lot better over oh, the yeah. years. Uh, but it's called Overcomer, right? It's by the Kendrick yeah. brothers. And in that movie, uh, this little girl, Hannah Scott, I won't spoil the movie for you. Go check it out. But 
she is is challenged uh, to to come to faith in Christ. Yep. She makes a decision, and she's asked to to look at two chapters in the book of Ephesians and to write down everything the Word of God says that she is, right? And it's a powerful scene. I'd encourage you to watch it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just tell you this: the exact words that she has to say about who she is now in Christ are the same things that apply to us today. We are not mistakes. We are chosen. We are saved. We are redeemed. We are blessed. We are loved. Man, we are children Amen. of God. That's right. Right? That's right. That's the truth, right? So don't listen to the enemy's lies. Don't fall for it. If we have faith in Christ, we have everything, Dustin. That's right. We man. have everything. Man, that's good. That's good. Man, we could wrap it up right now. <laughs> man, that, that's good, man. We're chosen. We're not mistakes. Uh, he loves us. Whew. Man, so not just Boy, so not just rumors for the discredit, but also, and this is this is something that I see a lot as as a pastor, um, and it's compromise. Mm-hmm. And if we let's jump down to verse ten, let's read Nehemiah six ten through thirteen. It says, "Now when I went into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, son of Metatabul, I know." I know <laughs> who was confined to his home. He said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you. So they're trying to get Nehemiah to come down again and to come into the temple. Um, they are coming to kill you by night. Verse 11. But I said, should such a man as I run away and what man such as I could go into the temple and live, I would not go in. And I understood and saw that God had not sent him but he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalot, they just keep coming back up, had hired him. For this purpose he was hired, that I should be afraid and act in this way and sin. And so they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Hear, hear me this morning. The enemy will try to get you to compromise on the truth. Yeah, he will. Not just to get in your mind and make you believe lies, but to to put those into action and live in a way that is complete opposite of the way that he's called us to live. So why is it important to not compromise when we're doing what God has called us to do? You know, for me, uh, anyone who, who's known me longer than five minutes, compromise is like a buzzword for me, right? Because uh, for me, it's just distractions cousin. Um, they're really uh, closely related, but they're both dangerous in the oh, life yeah. of a Christ follower. Um, and, but here, right, uh, like before, the enemy's aim is to, to compromise uh, on the truth, right, of, of who God says we are. But now he's after who God actually is. He's trying to tell lies about God, essentially. And the way that he does that, he begins to, to tear down the world, uh, word of God. And so one of the things that I think about, right, is we need to understand that it's not just the, the enemy that does that, but we can do that ourselves oh, right? because yes. of our fallen nature. That's right. And so um, this comes in forms of picking and choosing, like, what verses out of the Bible we're going to apply to our lives and then do whatever we want the rest of the yep. time. That's not biblical. That's not what Jesus intends for us to do. That's right. Uh, or we make up our own theology so that it fits the mold of that sinful, rebellious life that we want to live. And, and these things aren't biblical either, right? And it's dangerous. And so that's compromising on the Word of God. Yep. But the bottom line is this. like If God has given you something to do, the way that you know it's from God is that it lines up with His Word. And if it lines up with His Word, you got to come at it with all passion, fervor, and intensity, and just have confidence that God is going to accomplish through you exactly what He intends to. And so with that in mind, you never give up. You never give up. That's right. Yeah, and so that's our response to this. So our response is, I'm not giving up. In verse 11, we see, but I said, 
Should such a man as I run away, and what man such as I could go into the temple and live, I will not go in. So they're trying to get Nehemiah to do something that is a sin, to go into the temple when he doesn't belong in the temple. And the whole plan was to kill him. And so God revealed that to him, first of all. So here's a little nugget for you. As you're walking in the will of God, when your enemy comes at you, God lets you know. That, oh, no, all over again. Yeah. God lets you know that this is not of me. This is not from me. And it's just so much easier to keep pushing forward. We have to say, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Don't give up on everything God has already done and everything that he's doing and going to continue to do. Amen. And we're going to close with these two verses. So the verse 15 and 16 says, So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month, Elul, in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem, for they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. So, as we close this morning, I want you to understand that we, it's not us that can get this done on our own. Nehemiah and the the Jews could not have rebuilt the temple in 52 days without the help of God. And he says that. He says that they knew, they perceived that this work had been done, it had been accomplished with the help of God. Like you can't even put together like a desk in 52 minutes, right? I can't, like, yeah, for sure. Maybe Ashley can. Yeah, Ashley probably could. Uh, <laughs> so you know it's God. It's <laughs> yeah, wall, for sure, God. 52 days. So they stayed focused. That's what I want you to hear this morning. They stayed focused not just on the work, but they f- stayed focused on God. Amen. They knew that God was in control. They remembered what he had done. They re- saw what he was doing. They knew that he would be faithful to continue to do it. And they just stayed focused on him and the cause. So Craig Rochelle, pastor of Life Church in Oklahoma, said this, said, those who are most successful are those who are most focused. Yeah. So how does the work become easier and I, I don't like to use the word easier, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you that way. Sure. How does the work become easier when giving up is not an option? When it's just, it's not even on the table. We're not giving up. Yeah. I, I'd like to answer it if it's all right, uh, to, to focus on the inverse, when the work isn't easy and yeah. why it isn't easy. And I think that'll answer the question. Uh, the work is not easy when uh, our focus is on who carries the weight and the person carrying the weight is us, right? Yeah. That's the problem. For uh, sure. God gives us something to do. And we somehow fall into a trap of believing that it's in our strength and our capabilities and our gifts, whatever the case may be, like we're going to you know, run out there and get yep. it done for God. And what that does, honestly, is it, it just makes us left defeated, feeling like we're never going to get to where God's leading us to. And, and we're just like at a point where we're not capable of running the race anymore. We just want to give up. And so we're right yeah. back where we were. That's right. And it's it's not biblical. It's not what Jesus told us to expect. Like sure, he said in John 16, 33, that we'd have many troubles in this world. Mm-hmm. And we know that that God uses those trials and those struggles to shape us to be more like Jesus. Yep. But then, you know, what's that verse say next? He says, but I have overcome the world. Amen. Right? So if our focus is on Jesus, uh, he said that, come to me, all you who, who, who are uh, heavy and, and, and burdened and you know, you're stressed out. I'm paraphrasing at this point. But he said, my yoke uh, is light and my, or my burden is light. My yoke is easy, right? That's right. Is what he said. And so that's, his, that's his, his, his push to us to understand that he carries it. He does it. 
right? If, if we're looking at like our capability to do anything with what God's given us, we're going to fail. Like we're not capable, right? And Amen. This, this happens in my own life, in my own ministry. I fall into this trap of doing it all myself. And it takes me a while to realize that either you pointed out or another, you know, another brother in Christ like Andrew. And, and then we realize that we've started to carry the weight ourselves. And that's why we're stressed out. And the second we lay it back at Jesus's feet, it becomes easy again, yeah, right? Because then yeah. God's doing it. He's getting the glory. He's the one who should be getting the glory to begin with. That's right. And that's what it's about. So, so remember this. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or, or a lay person in the church. God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. That's right. So you be obedient to Christ and just do what he gives you and sit back and watch him do amazing things in your life. I, I like to think of it like this. I got all this other stuff I want to accomplish, right? And at some point, the timer of my life is going to run out. Yeah. Right. And at the end of my days, if I don't achieve a single thing, I've already achieved the greatest thing because Christ died for me and I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Amen. The, the victory is secure. That's folks. right. The battle is won. Right. Um, we all have different songs, right, that just kind of push us through seasons in our life. And right oh, yeah. now. One of those for me is uh, Love Won't Give Up by Elevation Worship. Oh, yeah, that's a good Probably one. Probably if you follow me on Facebook, every so often I post something, and sometimes it's just a lyric from a song. And uh, when I feel like I can't muster the strength to go on anymore, I just remind myself of these words. The cross is all the confidence I need. Jesus, Man. Jesus did it all. Already, that's right. right. That's and awesome. And you know what? If God's love doesn't give up on me, I'm not going to give up on, on, on Him. And I, and I challenge you to do the same thing. We don't have enough time to talk about... Uh, the dead man that I once was. Yeah. Uh, but I can tell you that through the power of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross at Calvary for me, I'm a changed person. I'm a new life. Praise God. And it's all in his strength and his power. And it's the same for you today. If you don't know Jesus, man, you you have got to put your faith in him. It changes everything. It does. It really it's does. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. Life changer. Everything changer. <laughs> it's awesome. So as we as we wrap it up, I just want you to know that as you get closer to doing what God's called you to do, the enemy's going to fight harder. And two ways that he'll fight is he's going to try to distract you. That's right. And he's going to try to discredit you. Yep. And our response has to be, I'm not coming down. Nope. I'm not getting off the wall. I'm going to continue to work. And I'm not giving up. I'm going to trust Jesus, understand who he is, understand who I am in him. And I'm just going to keep doing the work. So, uh, Man, as Daniel said in that song, says the cross is all the confidence I need. And, and that's the truth this morning. The cross is all the confidence that we need. So praise God for that. Uh, thanks for joining us again. I'm going to pray us out really quick. Don't forget next week we'll be back on campus. Another fist bump. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll be I'm back so on excited. campus, uh, 10 a.m. North Harlem Elementary. Uh, come out. Uh, let's pray together before we end. And um, we really hope to see you next week. God, I love you. I thank you. Thank you for Pastor Daniel and his heart and just him sharing uh, today with us. And I pray that as people have started to understand their burden, they've started to pray and to seek you. And then some may even have started to work. God, I pray that you give them encouragement. You give them strength. You help them to focus on you. You help them to say, I'm not coming down because I know what God's called me to do. And I'm not giving up because I know who God is, and who God says I am in Him. So God, help the cross be all we need. God, we love you. We thank you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.